coming straight off a sloth. A crazy mother named Nipsey. I'm turned up, cause I grew up in this. It's caution. Till you rap, it's trying to diss me. I go hard. That's why your bitch wanna flip me. Bitch. Turn rivals in the rosaries, extended clips. I give a f who you supposed to be. Straight off the block, I sold to buy groceries. Nass rap money, no advances, it's all royalties. You broke, you can follow me. It's f get money, keep some hollow heads logically. And I'm for where I'm a side boost the economy. Pay taxes to these colors and putting their workers a policy. This is Money Live on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. All right, we are back listening to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Josh Jordan, Jerry Bowe at Clutch City Cam behind the glass. Make sure uh, you get over to Sports Map, check out... All the stuff we write, Jerry and I write for Sports Map every week. My new mock draft is up there. If you want to go check it out, see who I have the Texans taking. I talked about that a little bit in the last segment. If you missed it, Jerry's also got some plays for you. He's going to put some money in your pocket. What do you have for everybody today, Jerry? You got anything you want to release? Let's just go real quick. A little, little small play. We'll go to the MLS, Cincinnati, Sporting KC. Cincinnati, I believe, scores in this game. At home, Kansas City also scores four out of five on the on the road games. They've scored four in the last five road games. Excuse me. I just believe that the way this game plays out, it's going to be open now. Kansas City, they're coming off a, a big. I mean, a Sporting Kansas City is coming off thrashing Montreal seven to one in their last game, and I just. Coming off a game like that, whenever you blow someone out, I feel like that gets your offense going. You know what I mean? It gets it makes you feel like everything is going in the right direction. But they're going up against a Cincinnati team that's been uh, it's been surprising coming out uh, a new season, a brand new team, and I I think that they. Last time they were uh, at home, they were shut out. They, they, but then before that, they scored three goals. Before that, two against Nashville. Before that, it was a, it was a smaller USL game, but three. They always score in home games. Better yet said, I just think that both teams get on the board here. Give me over two and a half, and it's a small play. Like I said, I'm. It's it's a it's a ugly day for. There's no there's no March Madness. You know what no. I mean? Like so, I'm having to come up with plays on on games that maybe I wouldn't regularly touch. And I I tell you. That the key is, like with college football, there's a big slate, so there's more games to pick out of, right? But whenever, for example, today, there's one English Premier League game, there's one MLS, so... There's two two uh, German games, so my my uh, menu's a little harsh to pick out of, and that's why I'm uh, I'm a little off on these games right now. I'm not going to hit them hard by any means. No doubt about it. Hey, you got to pick your spots, and that's what you learn is. You know, if you don't love something, don't bet on it. So, but Jerry's got that one play. Go for it. He's been on fire. What was? What did the streak get up to this the, past um, week? Soccer he got up soccer? to. We won twenty one straight. Oh, and uh, again though, there was there was so much to pick out of. And like I said, I'm trying to get y'all some winners here. And that's the only MLS game on the schedule. So we're going to go ahead and hit that. And while we're at it, go ahead and hit the first half over one. As I'm seeing, it's a little juiced at minus 140. But when I see here, uh, Cincinnati, they have really, really good luck whenever, uh, whenever they score first. So that's something they've concentrated doing. But in the last four games, Cincinnati's opened up scoring as well. So uh, it just... Just there are predict goals. Um, in other words, there's goals here, and it's going to start off early. I see a goal in the first 20 minutes of this game, and at one, that gives you a push for the rest of the half. There you have it. All right, this is kind of interesting. I, I got this article on For the Win with the NFL win totals for this year, picking the over and unders. So uh, let's start out with our Houston Texans here. 
Looks like the number is, well, how about this? What do you think the number should be for the Texans' win total next year? Oh. Ten. Ten. They have it at eight and a half. The The one thing we have to remember, too, Texans are going to be playing a first-place schedule, you know, because they won the division. So there's, it's going to be a little tougher this year. They've got it at eight and a half. I kind of... I think the number's about right. I mean, don't we always joke that the Texans go nine and seven every year? So them putting it at eight and a half is not that surprising. Yeah, I mean, and we have to remember they won eleven games, whoop de doo, last year, but they had a massive win streak. Yeah, where things were just kind of tumbling right. I mean, this was a team that could have easily fallen right back into that eight and eight, nine and seven. So, honestly, think every year I wouldn't be surprised if our win total is always eight, eight and a half. That's just like that's just what the Texans are. It's so sad. Every year is exactly the same. I at least think Deshaun's going to be a little better this year. I think if I get Will Fuller back to. You know, if he's actually healthy for a whole season, that would be huge for this offense. We know the secondary is is not going to be very good. It's just not because, you know, even if you do take a corner in the first round, which I think they'll probably go tackle, but say they do, you know, counting on a corner in his his rookie year, you know, remember when Kareem was a rookie? I mean, he wasn't terrible, but it took him a while to, you know, to get it together. Any kind of rookie, I think you're going to deal with that. So, I think they're really going to struggle in the secondary, especially when they play good quarterbacks. So I think this is about right. I mean, if I if I had to pick this, uh, I, I'm please everybody forgive me. I, I might go under just because of I haven't seen what they've done in the draft yet. Okay, if they go, you know, make some good picks here, I'm going to feel a lot better. But as of right now, I don't love it. I think I think about eight wins is about right. What would you you go over or under eight and a half, Jerry? I find myself where I was last year with it, and I ended up going over. I believe it was set at nine. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I believe it was set at nine. I went over. It, like you said, it's tough. They're playing a tougher schedule yeah. this year, and it's just there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of question marks. Now, what we do know is like what we spoke of last last segment. We know the D line is going to be there. We know yeah. that the offense is going to be able to generate some action, but. At the end of the day, whenever the defensive backs are a problem or the O line, these are big question marks. And I forget who said it the other day. Uh, I was uh, I was producing Pat's show, and they said that the offensive lines don't matter in football. Um, he had quoted somebody. It was a it was actually a, like a reporter or something. And it's I can't believe that. Like the sure. you hear the battle of the trenches. The game is one, and for that quarterback to be able to have time to do to make pretty throws and make. Uh, for the for the play to unfold, you need that line. And if you're getting dominated in the line, either which way, if your defensive line's getting dominated, then then it then it hurts your defensive backs because they have to cover for that much. If it's vice versa, then your quarterback doesn't have time. So, it, and and when it comes to this particular team, that's the problem. And that argument does make some sense if your quarterback's Tom Brady, right? Do you need a great offensive line if he's going to throw the ball within two seconds every time? Probably not. He gets rid of the ball so quickly, and that's why when the Patriots play the Texans, you know you don't notice Clowney or Watt having huge games because Tom gets rid of the ball in two seconds, and there's just not enough time for them to get there. I mean, so th- that's an issue. So, but for Deshaun, he does need a better offensive line. He holds on to the ball forever. You know, he's always just waiting back there, trying to make a play. You know, buying himself some time, trying to make a play. Deshaun needs a better offensive line than somebody like Tom Brady. Just by the style in which he plays. So I think that's something they got to keep in mind. Like Deshaun needs somebody to protect him more than Tom. Remember Peyton Manning was like that at the end of his career. You know, it was set hut and the ball was out. 
honestly, I, I think we, I think they might be giving generous with these eight or nine wins because, it, like how Jerry brought up, if they were twenty eighth in pass defense last year, their defense technically pass wise only got worse because yes. you lost Andre Howe and Matthew, and so you and they didn't do anything in free agency and Kareem and Kareem, so they're relying all on the draft to fill these massive holes, and it, and these aren't massive holes. Like okay. With, with defensive players like linebackers and DNs and stuff like that, I feel like it's a little easier for them to make an impact as opposed to a cornerback or wide receiver and offensive line. There's a little more for them to kind of understand and read, and those are your biggest holes that you're addressing in the draft. I mean, this is it, and the division got a little better. I mean, Jacksonville yeah. has Nick Foles, and I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill is a Pro Bowler, but if Mariota gets hurt, at least Tennessee has a viable backup option now. So, I mean. This I feel like this team could could, could go down as far as six wins. I, I'm kind of worried about that too. I I hate saying it because obviously I'm a fan of the team, but they've got me worried. And speaking of the rest of the division, let, let's talk about those guys too. All right, uh, Jerry, you're my gambling expert. The Indianapolis Colts. What do you think the right win total for them should be? It's got to be somewhere right around nine. Yeah, nine and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where they have it. Um, I don't. I'm kind of tempted to go over. I, you know, I, I heard Lance on the morning show. He doesn't think, you know, the Colts are, are as good as everybody else does. I, I kind of have a different opinion. I think the Colts are are up and coming, and they're strong. I, if I had to pick, I, I'd, I'd probably go over. Would you guys go over nine and a half for Indy? I would go over nine and a half. I mean, they won ten last year, and their two best Pro Bowlers were rookies. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to get a little better, and they address some free agency needs. I mean, I could definitely see this team winning eleven games like the Texans did. Last Where does year. that put Indianapolis? Like fourth uh, for the AFC around? I'd say that. Yeah, that sounds about right. I I don't have that list in front of me, and which really peculiar. The Browns are really high on that list, right? For the AFC, I think they're third or fourth. It's something ridiculous, and that's just what. That's just what books do, though. They anticipate money coming, and if they know that the public is going to come and play. If you go to Vegas this year, what's not to say that you're going to pull out a little $100 bill, $50, and say, hey, I'm going to put it on the Browns, and it's going to make it fun for yourself all year long. And they're going to get just a bunch of random public Browns money, and that's why they're willing to you know, have them that they know that that's coming. Listen so. to that statement. There's a whole bunch of public <laughs> Browns money. That's what's you know? so crazy. <laughs> like so much has changed. But don't get me wrong. The last few years, you have uh, that guy that tries to say he's a sharp better. He's all, pounded the Browns all throughout because the number was always wrong on the Browns. Yeah. But. That guy isn't eating very well. His family wasn't living well following that trend. And now it's coming to where Brown's money is going to be public. And imagine if you're living in Cleveland and it comes down to fantasy drafts. How high does does Baker or or, or all these Browns players go in, in fantasy drafts this year? You know, whenever it's a, the hometown guy, yeah. then they go even higher. How how quick is somebody taking Baker off the off the board? And, and, and which quarterback is he off the board, say, in Cleveland? He'll be top five. Oh, He'll be drafted. Top, three, a top five quarterback for sure. You know, Odell Beckham's probably going to go in the first round of a lot of drafts. Yeah. You know, it, it's just going to be the case, man. Their offense should be pretty good. I and, mean, it, and it will be. And, yeah. it, and it will be. But just it's just so hard to think that they're just going to go in there and just dominate that division and, and, and everything's – there's going to be bumps in the road, and they're still young, you could say. And uh, new coach, uh, full, you know, fully a full season. Uh, it's just – 
there's a lot of things that they have to make right before we just start penciling and them quickly in. and quickly. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot of new players, and here's the number. The number is nine for the Browns. Would you guys go over or under? Is that about right? Under, under, Cam. I mean, yeah, you. I don't have any reason to, to you know, want the Browns. And you know, I'm not a Browns lover. I'm not a Browns hater. I, I kind of want to see them, you know, make the playoffs and maybe hit double digits. But that's still such a big improvement from, you know, zero wins to seven to, to all the way up to nine or ten. Uh, if it's nine, I'm probably going to I'm gonna go right at nine. Yeah, I, I think it's about right. right. Because Cincinnati's going to suck. You don't know really what you're going to get out of Baltimore. So uh, most of those wins, I think, are going to be in the division. So that's why I'm comfortable saying nine. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're if they're right back where they were last year at seven and nine. But but I'll go I'll go nine wins. And uh, we were talking a lot about Aaron Rodgers earlier in the show. Just real quickly, they got the number for at nine. Also, isn't that funny? Baker Mayfield and Aaron Rodgers had the same win total already that quickly. Is what Vegas is saying. Does that sound about right? You think around nine for the Packers this year? I don't know what's going to happen with the Packers, and that division is tough. Yeah. So that's. I, the Packers is it's it's a, I'm curious to see what happens this year and uh, doesn't it suck that they gave Rodgers that extension a little early because if they hadn't given him that extension this would basically be his contract year they would yeah. be able to tell him hey you need to go out there and produce you can't be a diva they could actually uh, hold ground to him now that he's got the money hey what are you gonna do Nothing. You're you're stuck with him, but hey, that's a good quarterback to be stuck with. All right, guys, we're up against a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Check my pedigree. Ask the homie Big D. Let it see. Another Snoop Dogg. There will never be. Take my eyes. Have a look and you will never see. You shouldn't have shown me that. You shouldn't have told me that. The streets and the big homies was always trying to hold me back. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline97.5. Well, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Riding on a track. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. All right, we are back. You're listening to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. You can text the show. You can tweet at us at Moneyline 97.5. Give us a call, whatever you want. It's, it's time in the show that uh, we do something a little fun, okay? So we're going to do one of our, our fun stories here. And uh, so how about this headline? Arkansas men arrested for getting drunk and shooting each other while wearing bulletproof vests. <laughs> Does that sound like a good idea? I, when I saw that, uh, I saw that uh, just a headline. I never really read into it when I saw it this week. But, I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know exactly how this started. These guys crack open a couple beers, right? And then after they get a little hammered, they think, hey, let's let's test out these bulletproof vests and see how they work. So th- this is what's kind of funny, right? Because so basically it's these two guys 
he goes and he shoots the guy with the bulletproof vest on. And the guy's in so much pain, shocker, right? Shocking. Getting shot hurts. So he decides it's only fair if his buddy that shot him puts on the bulletproof vest and then he gets to shoot him, right? I, I don't think I really want to do this, Jerry, but it's a pretty funny story. So basically what happens is is the guy gets so mad because it hurts so much when he gets shot. When he went to shoot the other guy, he emptied the clip on him. <laughs> so just shooting him once wasn't enough. He empties the clip. So then get this. They're hurt, right? So one of their wives, a voice of reason, is like, hey, you guys need to go to the hospital. So since you can't really you know, tell people like you can't say you were involved in a shooting without the police getting involved. Right. So these guys, they go to the hospital and when they're interrogated about the shooting, the one guy says that he was a mercenary and he was hired to protect an asset and he was being paid $200. (laughs) And while guarding his asset, a gunfight broke out in the woods of Alabama. (laughs) Because, you know, that happens all the time. So anyway, great story. Actually kind of believable till what happens. Uh, they talk to the wife, and she's like, oh, yeah, those two drunk idiots went outside and started shooting each other with bulletproof vests on. So they end up getting arrested. Where do they get these wild stories they came up with? Remember when we talked about the the guy that, that, that kidnapped himself or whatever? Yes, because he like, for the fantasy football for, tool. <laughs> it's like, where do you come up with these stories? Of, uh, somewhere, but again, if you're thinking them to yourself or just with another idiot that's shooting you, yeah. like it sounds right. Like You think this sounds right? Yeah, let's just... Right? You, you think of like super troopers like from the movie, right? When they're shooting each other with the bulletproof vests on? Or Jackass the movie yes. where the guy where they literally got shot with bulletproof vests on. <laughs> yes. It, man, people are crazy. And after a few drinks, I guess anything sounds smart. But I don't want to trust that somebody's going to be accurate enough like when they're that drunk to actually not hit the vest and might shoot me and kill me and shoot me in the face. Yeah, like, and let's not forget, God. bulletproof vests don't always no. stop the bullet. There's sometimes where parts of that bullet will still go through the bulletproof vest and, 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 and puncture you. Even if it's not lethal, we'll still go through it. So all kind of risk being taken by these dumbs. Not smart. And, and speaking of shots fired, Jerry, what's this thing with Paul Pierce and Dwayne Wade? Have you seen this? Uh, well, basically this week, uh, I feel like... I fell out of my chair, basically, when I saw this. Paul Pierce, you know, let let Wade, Dwayne Wade, have his moment. You know, this is the retirement, the farewell. Yeah. R- much respect. He comes out and says this. Paul, riddle me this. Who's the better NBA player? That's easy. I can say that off the bat. That's me. <laughs> if you give me Shaq, if you give me LeBron. They did. They call the big three. Yeah, we got that late. But, like, early in my career. I you, mean, what are you if doing If you right give now? me these guys early in my career. What, what, let me was, ask you this. What would have been a perfect time for you, Paul? Let's make sure we get this right. I was 24 years old. Okay. You give me Shaq. When I'm 24, 25, you give me LeBron and Bosh. I'd be sitting on five or six championships. Easy. So then uh, who has the better well, NBA well, career? I played, you know, uh, I played 10 years you know, with who? You know what? With who? Antoine Walker. But here's the thing. Come on, man. Antoine you know was all-star. I, I, I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> I wow. Mean, is this a – was he just playing around or – because Paul Pierce in his time, he, he would come out and say – I remember after the Celtics won that title, he came out and said he was the best basketball player in the world. And, and it's yeah. like, do you really believe that? I think he does. A lot of these guys are like that. They're they got big egos. You have to to be that successful. I, I thought you know somebody put out a tweet here that Dwayne Wade ended up retweeting, and just to keep it in perspective, 
Dwayne Wade, 13 All-Star games, Pierce, 10. Dwayne Wade, uh, eight times All-NBA, Pierce, four. Uh, let's see here. Dwayne Wade, three-time All-Defensive, and none for Paul Pierce. And, of course, the three rings for D-Wade D- and only the one for Pierce. So it's really not that close. <laughs> it's funny because Jalen Rose called him out on that. Check it out. It's my turn. My turn. No, no, my turn. Oh, don't backtrack. Right. Don't backtrack. He's made All-NBA first team twice. Paul hasn't done it. He made All-NBA eight times to your four. He's made all defensive team three times to your zero. Ooh, zero. That's rough. He's won one scoring title. You weren't able to win the scoring title. That's too bad. He has three rings. You have one ring. Ooh, three is bigger than one. The instigator. Yep. He's just just the hype man over there, huh? Michelle's (laughs) just digging in him, too. Yeah, that's hilarious. Man yeah. just got you, destroyed right then. You <laughs> wow. can't touch weight. There's certain people you don't call out, and and it, no, we're not calling out, but compare yourself to sure. or saying that you're better just because if you would have had Shaq and who else not. I just come on, Pierce, get off the gas. No, dude, that that's just funny, and it, that's one of the great things now about Twitter and you know television is you can put somebody on front street if they're you know saying some ridiculous stuff, and you just look at look at the numbers right there, man. It, it's right there on the paper. Someone. Well, the best thing is the video. If you watch the video, Paul Pierce is just sitting there, just like shaking his head <laughs> in just utter embarrassment while uh, while Jalen Rose is going off on him. Someone who won't be embarrassed and is on the forefront of of social media and everything. A guy named Derek Berge went to Vegas, got there, and started uh, participating in some drinking, as we all do when we arrive in Vegas. Sure. After about five hours playing at Hollywood, three thirty in the morning, he came across. Uh, you know, you, he, he was a uh, you know drinking makes you friendly, so you become friends with some guy from Minnesota. You go, you get to the sports book, and you make a bet, a hundred dollar four way parlay that you don't even remember. You're not even a gambler, so this guy makes the bet, gets the advice from some guy he had met while he was drunk in Vegas. Wakes up the next morning and finds a four way parlay in his pocket. Doesn't really know what what he did, so he goes up to Planet Hollywood and and hands him the ticket, and they basically tell him you won twenty six thousand dollars. That's the biggest part payout for a four way parlay. Looking at this parlay, my man had college hockey, American <laughs> International at plus eight hundred. He had the T Wolves at plus four twenty five. I mean, he was he doesn't gamble. That's what I'm saying. And he, imagine waking up to that. And just thinking, like, how many times do you go to sleep drunk and wake up with more money than what you expected? Most of the time, it's that you you pull out your uh, your, your debit card receipt, you, you signed off. You're like, oh no, I tipped how? And then you're like, I tipped fifty dollars on a on a what was I thinking? Fifty on a fifty? Like what? What? Is, how much Taco Bell did I eat? <laughs> you're like, and I went to Waterburger the same night. Like, what is this? You wake up. Knowing that you messed up, but imagine sure. waking up, you have a hundred dollar ticket. You're not a gambler. And you're thinking to yourself, like, okay, what is this? And you walk up and they say, twenty. We, we're going to need you to fill out this tax uh, form, sir. For what? That's the best because it's always the other way around, right? Like, oh no, I left my credit card at the bar. Oh my god, I oh I forgot we went to that place. And you find all the receipts and you kind of retrace your night by looking at your receipts. Imagine the actual good thing happens where you find out you want a bunch of money. Like that's the way to go. We had to go drinking with this guy, Jerry. Uh, we need to go gambling with him, whatever it is, because that's. I mean, just a, just a, think about a hundred dollar four way. We're talking about twenty six thousand. He took obviously underdogs the whole way, and it's just 
to not even know that you did it. Sometimes a uh, beginner's luck, if we could call it. Yeah, no doubt about it. You see this stuff sometimes. There's this. Uh, there's a story on Bro Bible about this guy that went on DraftKings and he put down a 14 cent bet, and he ended up like getting 10,000 to one odds, and then he ended up winning. So. I mean, I think you won like thirteen hundred bucks off a fourteen cent bet. So I mean, this stuff can happen. It's, I think you just got to be a little lucky, right? That's part of it. Uh, by no means do I advise throwing out these fourteen and ten ways. They're lottery tickets. Yeah, but every once in a while you will get lucky and and you will cash it. And hopefully, it's on a day that that you did go to Vegas. I mean, how how crazy of a story is that? Is yes, it? I always think about whenever you're in Vegas and. Uh, I've sat and talked to you know the at the bar at the actual airport, and you asked them like, "Man, what's the most?" I've always it's always something that I always ask like, "What what's the craziest thing you've ever seen in this in this airport with those slot machines?" And they they're like, "Man, I've seen somebody hit the million." You know, they really? Said, yeah, the guy said, "I've seen the guy hit the million," and basically, he didn't end up leaving for like a week and a half. He was about to leave. You know, he was about to depart Vegas. He ended up staying. He said that the casino went and picked him up basically from the airport and he had like a suite and everything because they want you to spend that money. Sure. Back, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever it was. Uh, and it's just crazy to think that uh, so many stories go down and because you see those mo- those those slots getting money pumped into them. Yeah. You're leaving Vegas. That's your last time to get some, some money. So you just start just pumping money into it. You're trying to get some drinks in before that airplane. And before you know it, you leave down instead of 300. Now you're down 600 <laughs> trying to get that 300 back. And it's just the way it is. But it's always good to hear when these lottery tickets do hit. Yeah, you can always tell the people that are really fiending as soon as they get off the airplane, they go run into those slot machines at the Vegas airport, man, because they've been thinking about it the whole flight, man. You They're gripping. Right yeah. When you get off, you hear the ding, ding, uh-huh. ding, ding. You're like, all right, I'm in Vegas. Yep. Let's get it going. <laughs> we are here. There's tons of smoke. We're definitely in Vegas. <laughs> all right, uh, we're up against the break, guys. You're listening to Moneyline. We'll be right back. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. You're listening to Money Line on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. All right, we are back. You're listening to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Josh Jordan, Jerry Bowe at Clutch City Cam behind the glass. We've got a... We've had a lot of interesting stuff today. We hit the Texans team total over-unders and some around the NFL. Jerry gave out some picks. So if you want to see some more picks from Jerry, you're going to want to get over to Sports Map and also follow at Moneyline975 and at Jerry Bow Knows. And I was looking at, we do some show prep stuff, and I was looking at uh, something that Jerry sent me, and I thought this one was kind of interesting. Patrick Mahomes willing to have throwing contest with Josh Allen, who's the Bills quarterback. He's got a huge arm. And and everybody kind of knows that. That's his calling card. Of course, we found out his legs were kind of his calling card last year. I, I can't believe Josh Allen ran as much as he did last year, but he did. So fantasy guys, keep that in mind. But I, I thought this was kind of interesting because most people would probably say Patrick Mahomes has the best arm maybe they've seen, at least currently playing in the NFL. 
But I think Josh Allen might have the bigger arm. So Patrick's talking about maybe next year for charity if he could get Josh to come out to Kansas City and they can actually go out on the field and do it. And Mahomes is saying that it's going to take at least 85 yards to win this thing. 85 <laughs> yards, man. He says it so nonchalantly, Yeah. Too. 85 yards? We're talking about throwing pretty much the whole field? Yeah. And, and I think Josh Allen is a bigger dude, but, I mean, Mahomes has a cannon. cannon. Yeah, he does. I will say we have to remember, uh, I know he was a bust, but old Jamarcus Russell, remember when he was doing those highlight videos and he was throwing the ball 60 yards and he was on his knees? So it would been pretty cool to see if, if we could have had a Jamarcus Russell at that age and a Patrick Mahomes now. Because those those might be the two biggest arms that I've I've ever seen. Well, what about uh, Uncle Rico's arm? He I mean, he throw it over a mountain. <laughs> Hey, though, with his arm might be a noodle by now, though. <laughs> it might. I remember seeing, though, a video of Mahomes and last year, and he threw one from his like five yard line, and you never saw where the ball landed. You know what I mean? And it made you yeah. wonder, like, where did that ball go? And remember, they would make those fake videos, uh, and Nike would have them, and, you, and, and, and they looked real. You're they like, did. Man. Did he just really do that? And now it's becoming real life. It, it would be fun to watch. Like, we love this stuff, right? We love to watch, like, the 100-yard dash, see who the fastest guy is. We love – remember back when they would do the Pro Bowl, they would run the 40, you know, and just basically race each other. I remember Andre Johnson participated in it. And it was fun. Just that's to see, old school. It's, it is old school, but it's fun to see these guys and just see who's who's the fastest. But I, I did a little research on this. There, there are some numbers to back up who would win this throw throwing contest because we we like to gamble right i wonder if we could get on my bookie when this thing happens and get a little action on it so let me give you a little inside information here if this actually goes down when you go to the combine these quarterbacks they they get put on a radar gun and they fired it as hard as they can and they they clock it and we have the results i i can tell you who threw harder and so i'm just curious you guys guess who do you think threw harder at the combine mahomes or, or josh allen I'll go Mahomes. Yeah. Cam? I'm going to go the other way. Okay. The winner is actually Josh Allen, and it wasn't that close. Uh, when uh, Mahomes was at the Combine, he threw it 55 miles an hour. And with the football, it's a little different than a baseball. And uh, so the, the miles per hour, it's going to be lower. You're not going to hear somebody throw a football 100 miles an hour. So Mahomes threw it 55. Josh Allen at the Combine threw it 62 miles an hour. So, man, it's not even that close. That's a significant jump there. So it looks like Josh Allen does have the stronger, does have the stronger arm. So if they do this thing, we ought to put some action on him. Damn. It'd be cool if they actually let him go out there and yeah. do it for charity or something and let them rip it and but. I just don't see it. The no fun league yeah. is going to step in and say no. This isn't going to happen. But in a in a make believe world where 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 uh, where Shaq can go against Hakeem, remember that Taco Bell one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Talk about old school Shaq versus Hakeem. I, I really wanted that. No doubt about it. And just to put a wrap on this quickly, in that same draft, you know, Watson came out when uh, when Mahomes came out, and this was. I wasn't really high on Watson when he came out, as a lot of other people were, and part of it was this. Deshaun threw 45 miles per hour on the gun. You know, and just to think that, you know, Josh Allen threw in the 60s. I was kind of worried that Deshaun didn't quite have the the big arm to to throw into tight windows in the NFL, and that worried me a little bit. Now that I've seen him in the pros, I think he's got a good arm. You know, but that that miles per hour kind of turned me off a little bit. So this stuff can be a little misleading. Wow, that's interesting. That's interesting for sure. I didn't... I, I guess I didn't know that there was that big of a jump from Allen's. Uh, yeah. But he, 
he's got a big cannon, he though. Does. He does. He do, and, and we knew that that was his. When you looked at his uh, his resume coming into the league, you knew that he had a big throw. He can make throws that no one else can make at times, but then he'll also make throws that nobody else makes. Yeah, and that's what that's what separated him from. But then all of a sudden, we didn't know his legs were going to be such no. a, a weapon. And I don't know if it became a, a a more of a three steps back and let's just go. This yeah. this offense is terrible. <laughs> but Look, who are his receivers? Zay Jones and and that's about it. That's about it for sure. Now. You know, this week, you always get the corny April Fool's jokes, right? Sure. And, it, like, Tom Brady came out and just he had to just post, hey, I'm what do you say? I'm retiring from football. Yeah. I'm just going to tweet or something. And you get these bad, bad ones. But every once in a while, you come across a good one. And this week, somebody I know, uh, their wife played a, a trick on them. And Ooh. basically, just imagine yourself being a, okay, let's – in a perfect world, a Texas Tech fan and a diehard. And this is, you've been waiting for this moment forever, right? Yeah. To, to go to a national championship, this isn't real life. This is a dream. So after the Elite Eight game, uh, his wife, basically, this guy's wife, told him, hey, they're giving away uh, some tickets to, uh, to, you know, to whoever makes the best video. You were selected uh, of, of the finalists. You know, you need to make a video. So first he makes a video. And uh, basically, you know, he just in his car talking real, real nonchalant and, you know, it needed more. It needed more more hype. So my man makes one in the driveway. Basically, imagine, though, if somebody told you, hey, you're in the finalist to go to the final four and you're a diehard, you're doing anything. I mean, I, I feel his pain because I would have been out there acting silly. I would have been acting a fool. I don't know what I would have done, but. It's, I'm, I'm probably would have came up hurt trying to dunk, trying to hang on a rim, something. Sure, but this is how it sounded. Five, four, three, two. Time out, time out, time out. ATTU Athletics, Red Raider Basketball. There's two seconds left. Final four games on the line. Who are you gonna count on to cheer you on to victory? Huh? Two, one. Oh, good job, baby. Let's go. Well, it was all it was all a joke, uh, uh, an April Fool's joke. This guy does go down in the Hall of Fame of April Fool's jokes. Because usually when it comes around, you're you know the date and you're like, all right, someone's pulling my leg here. This can't be true. But you're so caught up in the moment as a fan, right, that you tell yourself. Man, this is my shot. I yeah. don't care. Like I said, I would have been out there doing the same thing. I would have. I don't know what. I would have ripped off my shirt, took off running. And <laughs> like I said, then uh, in the video after where she explains to him and it's just like, hey, it was a friend of mine. And just his first reaction is like, what? But he doesn't want to understand it. Like, and she's like, no, but it was a friend of mine. It was. Is it not true? He's like, huh? What now? Like, what? So just a shout out to Travis Motley from Houston, the the biggest Texas Tech Raider fan I personally know. I put that up against anybody, man. I've watched games with this guy, and he he he's worse than me on soccer, man. Like, <laughs> Poor guy, and he switched the shot too. And and I and I reread through the comments because I'm like, man, how many takes did this happen? First take, my man netted it. If you're out there listening and you're part of this Texas Tech. Hey, get my man out to this final four. No one's out there deserves it more than him. Hey, and that man didn't even take off those old school warm ups, bro. He was he was dribbling in between the legs and balling with his warm ups on. Didn't even get into his shorts. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that uh, 
you don't always get the good April Fool's jokes. That one, uh, that one, that one did very well. In uh, as a sports fan, you heard for you yeah, heard. no doubt about it. You have to be so careful every year on April Fools. You know, I I do social media during the day. That's that's my day job. And every <laughs> April Fools, I'm just waiting. Like, don't fall for some stupid crap today because you know it's coming. And and it's really easy because so many of these Twitter accounts they look legit, but they are not. So you just have to just wait for the ridiculous trade that's not really going to happen. Don't fall for it. Don't look like an idiot. But, hey, th- that was pretty funny, though, because with this guy, they're like, oh, no, this it needs a little more energy. Why don't you do it again? Why don't you do it again? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. It, like, played out all the way. Sometimes these jokes in, and it's like, no, we're going to ride. This is too good. We got to ride this down. But, again, shout out to you, and, and hopefully you get there somehow. Another player that hopefully gets there there's what they want is Russell Wilson. Yeah. He wants his contract and he set a deadline. Should he get it? Oh man. I'm not sure I understand the deadline, right? If they, I think he said it for like April 15th and I don't know, maybe he's trying to get his taxes in order with this new contract. <laughs> right. But I mean, he's not going to not take the money if they offered it to him on like April 18th, you know? So I, I don't really understand the purpose of this, but he's going to get paid. Yeah, and 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 he should. Yeah, Very well, he should, but he wants to be the highest. Yeah, ever. Well, I mean, look around. I think like Nick Foles and 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 all these guys are making more money than him. I, I think he deserves to be. I think Flacco makes more money than him. He's probably looking around like, man, you guys are gonna have to. You're gonna have to pay me. That's what I love about Tom Brady is, man, he keeps his number down so that the Patriots have flexibility and can put some talent around him. If you go take that, like the biggest contract, you know, good luck. You're not gonna have a lot of good players around you if you're making all the money. And that's usually what happens. That, that those quarterbacks want to get paid, and especially yeah. after, say, you're on a rookie a year, a contract, and you've done very well, and. You feel like you've hey I've I've put in my time to this team. It's time for me to get that paper, yeah. and you get that a lot, and that's it will easily guide your franchise for the next few years in the in either which direction. And it's something that like look at the playoffs teams from last year, and most of them have rookie qu- contract quarterbacks. Yeah. So it's it's something that it's a copycat league, and you're going to see this a lot more often. But it again, it requires the veteran. Brady saying, you know what, this is for the best of it. Let's do it like this. You don't always get that. No. Yeah, 11th highest paid quarterback in the league with names like Nick Foles, Flacco, Alex Smith, Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, Jimmy G, all getting paid higher than him. See, (laughs) he's got to make more money. And you got to remember, too, like Russell wasn't a first-round pick. So his first contract as a rookie was was not as much as a lot of other quarterbacks. Yeah, he was going to be he was going to be Flynn's backup. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. that's crazy to think about Flynn that. Flynn had just gotten that money though yeah. too. They thought, because Flynn was supposed to be the the hot commodity coming in and he out, and that's what's crazy. He outdoed him in that in that uh in that training camp and the rest is history and look where they are now. There wouldn't be little Sierra babies running around right now. <laughs> there, there wouldn't be little Russells. No, that's true and man, I mean think how much the Seahawks basically kind of became a dynasty for a few years. You know, when he was peaking and they still had the Legion of Boom. I mean, what if, I'm sorry, what if the Seahawks win that Super Bowl? Because it seems like after that, there was a lot of questions. A lot of people started questioning Lynch. He lost his mind. Yeah. You know, the defense started becoming real outspoken. What happens if they win that and they, could they have gone on to be that dynasty? It seems like after that, the Legion of Boom started falling apart. Um, Lynch started losing his interest in football. Once, once you don't give that man that ball right there, 
that's what you live for to to yeah. give it to, to to beast mode. It kind of it was kind of like everything fell apart after that. And that would have swung the Patriots' legacy the other way too. If you know if Brady would have lost that one, so one play would have swung so many things. How long does Brady stick after that? You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's it's. it's crazy to think that one plate and, and and we'll never look at it like that whenever you think of it in general you look at it as a great seattle team they had their moment the legion of boom broke up but never of that one play and how that i mean a lot of people were talking on the coach like sure like there's no way you can't run that especially with marshawn and even <laughs> oh you know as like a, a madden player when you have the ball in the one yard line you just try and punch it in because you throw that pick you lose the game and you know, and a lot of people forget that, you know, Brady's the one that, that drove him down and took the lead. And then he had to watch the Patriots just, you know, watch them give it up to Seattle as they drive right down the field. And he thinks, you know, we lost, but nope. You know, they throw that pick and it changed everything, man. That that team's chemistry was different after that, too. Yeah. And it one play can dictate where everything goes. And let's think of the Saints last year. You know what I mean? And yeah. But then you think about their mentality as a as a as a fan base, as a franchise coming off the heartbreak the year before. Like, how do you bounce back from that as a fan? And that's something that we have to learn. You know what I mean? It, it's it comes with the territory. If you're so diehard and it breaks your heart, like just think of a, being a Saints fan and you're sure. thinking, okay, both years was that was our moment. What do we do here? That's what's awesome about football, right? It's just one game. You know, you don't get a best of seven series anything can happen in one game man that's what makes it fun to watch yeah and, and i mean in, in, if you know since march madness is still going i'll bring this up i mean imagine if you're a u of h fan two years in a row your title hopes went away because of a game-winning shot two yeah. years in a row i mean in college basketball i feel like it, it's harder for these smaller teams to make it each year like this so like this could be a big thing for u of h like when are they really going to get back to the elite eight but yeah I mean, that, that's why football and basketball and all these sports with these playoff times are always so much fun because anything can happen. No doubt about it. And, and you bring up U of H. We didn't even mention, you know, Kelvin Sampson got the contract extension. So, hey, looks like U of H should be pretty good at basketball going forward. So I think a good move there to get Kelvin Sampson locked up. I mean, they've been fun to watch the last two years, so hopefully they can do it again. Yeah, and it's... That's what they needed from the program. They, yeah. I, I was scared. I, I hated to hear that that, that that talk was going on when they were still in the tournament. That, right. And and I told myself when handicapping that particular game, is do those rumblings do anything? And obviously, I'm not going to say obviously. They didn't, I don't think, because they still had that game. They, the game was theirs to sure. that last minute, minute and a half. I felt that that game was theirs. It didn't end up playing out that way, but I just hate that. I, I we got to stop that. Like this team's got something going, and the last thing you want is to hear that your coach is is possibly leaving, and then it didn't it didn't even happen. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I had a feeling. Don't get me wrong; there was big pockets out there. I heard like the Walmart was uh, the the Walmart family was involved with one of the schools, and yeah. I don't know what, but we got big pockets here in Houston too. Yeah, Tillman. <laughs> yeah, we got big pockets here too. So you better be sure that with the success that they had. And the way the program and the new building and all this stuff that's going on, that they were going to fight to the very end to to let him go. And I'm so glad that he's able to stay here. And he's I love him as a coach. Uh, it, just in, in between uh, commercials when they come back and he's drawing on the on the on the board, you know, and he just he'll just say a word like yeah. <laughs> 
terrible, you know, like, <laughs> like focus, you know what I mean? And it's just, he's got that old school mentality, but that, that new school, uh, that new age where he is close to those guys, you can tell. He is, and, and I love the Dana Holgerson hire. I think the UH football program is going to be on the rise, too. I like what they're doing, man. U of H, they're getting their stuff together. I like their chances next year. I like your chances with us. If you stick every single Sunday with us, we're going to try to cash some tickets we had a wonderful show, as always, for Hector, for Josh, for Clutch City Cam, and your boy Jerry Bone Knows. We're signing off. Once again, thanks for joining us, as always. Peace. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975.